Hello, and you're listening to Let's Drone Out. And special thank you to our lovely patrons that help donate so that we can pay the editor to remove the swear words and silly things we say. Massive thank you to... Carlos Campos. Art Faulkner. Sam Dharma. On with the show. Let's Drone Out. Hello and welcome back to Let's Drone Out. Uh, tonight you're joined by the van with the moustache, Stephen, in a new location. Hello everyone, doing a bit of house sitting this week, so remote broadcast. So if you want to rob his other house, feel free. He's not there. <laughs> Maybe someone is, who yeah. knows. Uh, everyone's favourite, Kaken. Hello, I'm in the normal place, but Jack has just complained that the background isn't the same and it, he misses it. I, it upsets me. I had to, this is how bad it got. Just to fit that shelf on, I'd take the wings off the Bixler. Oh no! The wings it's are over destroying there. Destroying everything. It's it's taking My everything hole. away. But but look, Star Wars fans, the Star Wars Millennium Falcon now has brighter place on the shelf. And I'm bright until I fly, and I'm so sorry if you can hear the washing machine. Stephen, I hear that you're out and yeah. flying in Abergavenny. Yeah, out um, in the, near the Welsh borders here, near Abergavenny. I've uh, done a bit of flying, got out around the garden, messing around with the O3 system at last and kind of enjoying that. Eey. Yeah, it's pretty cool. The quality is nice. Are you still having to keep them separate as well? Like, you know, are you still keeping your V1 goggles for the other stuff? So you'd have to re Yeah, I've and just been that. using a set of V2 goggles that I got purely for, for this to kind of experiment. And um, the range is nice. I have kind of pushed it to the point where it was threatening to give out on me because that's what you do the first time you get one of these systems. Um, it definitely does better than, than the, the V1 stuff, the, the Vista and so forth. Um, the camera footage is pretty good. It's difficult to kind of get that white balance to stay consistent that's the thing that gets me and the image is quite soft which is difficult to fly with you will um often admire the beautiful impressive cinema vibe you're getting off all that lush greenery without realizing that you're about to kind of hit a few leaves because you don't have a lot of the sharpening that you get with other systems i've uh, flown it back to back with a walk snail had a bit of a fly away with the walk snail and had to go getting garden implements and joinking things out of bushes. Um, so I've been... I've been building again. So I've built a, a little doodah here. You solo me there. So I've um, I got this Quad 66 design, which is a three inch, very lightweight frame. You can see it's got quite thin arms, but I got a four mil thick version of this. And um, mm. instead of buying the exact motors, which were like, he wanted 1103, 1104s or 1204s, I think. I, well, I had some Sunny Sky R1106, and they're a bit punchy. 
And uh, yeah, I've got this with a SkyStars All-in-One and the Walksnail 1S board. And um, it, uh, it... Back, back, back when those motors came out, they were, they were on the limits of what ESCs yeah. could do. I set fire. The last time I had these in a quad, the quad caught fire. <laughs> so that's what happened last time. So it was always going to be interesting. But, um, you know, I think Sky Stars are doing a good job here. And, and, and it did not catch fire. It, uh, it coped pretty well, even though the frame was so light, it kind of did a, a bit of a fly away and tried to make it off to the moon. So I figured out eventually I just needed so, way less D-term and I got it to behave itself and uh, flows really nicely. So was this literally, it was just trying to write itself and had a bit of a wobble and just kept oh, increasing yeah. the throttle. And oh, just the classic wee. situation, yeah. Just go, <laughs> like some kind of video game noise. It's just gone and you're like, disarm, disarm, disarm. But by that point, it's already kind of you know, five, six meters in the air. Right, little yeah, runaway. Yeah. So I had to put the D-term down to like 0.6. So 60% of the normal D-term value, and then it was happy. And it still had like it, no issues with prop wash. It's still going like a rocket. So, um, yeah, it's fine. Fun times. So you said you compared the O3 to the walks yeah. now, because you're saying you were liking the walks now. How, how do the two compare? Well, O3 is... It's definitely a cinematographer's product, right? The, the camera, you look at the shades of green and they're very true to life. Whereas Walk Snail, yeah, Walk Snail's a bit more like, imagine <laughs> the shades of green that are used in Sonic the Hedgehog. That's, that's kind of what you're seeing with Walk Snail. Everything is a bright emerald, jade and uh, vivid, maxed out. You have to kind of turn the color down to like three out of 10 to get anything that looks, resemb looks like normal foliage. But you get that situation where you're flying in the sun and you've got some trees you want to fly under. You can see the shadows under the trees and kind of see what's going on there at the same time as seeing the bright sun. Whereas with DJI, it's like, oh, it's a beautiful kind of cinema landscape. And I, I recorded a, whatever it is, CineD or whatever it is, the, the special kind of high, wide color range. And it, the footage looks fantastic, but quite difficult to see into shadows so that's quite difficult to fly into the shadows when you're in the shadows the auto white balance kicks in but you've got that moment where you've got to go into the pitch black for a half second before it kicks in and lets you know what's going on whereas i think walk snails a bit better at giving you a bit of a heads up and it starts to pull up those darks and render them as normal colors a, a little bit earlier which might be artificial but makes it much easier to fly Old school CMOS squeaky bum time for anyone yeah. who's been for very long in this game. The old CMOS cameras were terrible, especially the fat shark ones. Yeah, where you just fly in underneath a sort of canopy and then just be like, oh, I just hope I don't hit anything. Or you, you dare to fly near sunset when the sun was low in the sky. All you had was darkness, like a black void below you, saying, I wonder what's down there. Don't know. <laughs> Line around, see what happens. But yeah, the, the DJI stuff was, was good. And I've been experimenting a lot more with gyro flow. And contrary to, to Curry's kind of doom-laden predictions on gyro flow, trying it with all the, uh, the Chinesium cameras, 
it works really well with O3. I it it actually told me not to do auto sync points. It like gave me a slap on the wrist and said, "No, the footage is already automatically synced. You don't need to calculate sync points." And I was like, "Uh, uh, uh okay, if you say so." And I pressed go, and I was rewarded with a like buttery smooth rendition, which I showed last week, and uh, everything was great when I was at home and I had my Nvidia card, but a uh, 2080 Ti, which is like five years old now, but a proper desktop card and it could do that at 70 odd frames a second whereas out here on a laptop i've got a relatively new laptop and it says oh intel graphics work with gyroflow and i was like okay great awesome i'm probably gonna get like 20 frames <laughs> a second maybe no no 1.8 to two frames a second it peaked at two and a half i think when i stopped doing anything else it's um yeah eight hours to render about five minutes of video it's not what you want not at all. Oh God, sit and forget, like, mm -hmm. and pray that it. You fly completes. one pack, oh, and you have to word. let it render overnight. Yeah, fun times. That's bad. But it's getting good. I was well impressed with the O3. I mean, admittedly, I got to look through like the new goggles, you know, with the like individual light diopters and stuff, and. Um, like it did it did mess with my motion sickness on like how good it was flying hd i oh, was so you you got some sickness because it was like more true to life almost yeah yeah you know because they say i don't know how true it is but they say like motion sickness is a conflict between your eyes and your ears and brain saying you know like are you moving or aren't you Sorry. Well, what I have seen from other people's uh, footage of the O3 is there is a bit of warping yeah. in in how it revolves around and stuff, and I don't know if maybe mm -hmm. that can set off a couple of people more than other cameras. There's a I've bit seen. of lens, lens distortion, you're right. I think you can clear it up in the recorded footage, but in the FPV it is a little bit annoying. You get that sort of, you turn past something and suddenly it like really slows down because it's stretched out horizontally in the corners of the screen. I mean, that's the price to pay for ultra-wide angle, I suppose. But um, you can have, I mean, very expensive lenses get rid of that distortion to a certain amount, and very cheap ones are really, really bad. The, the one thing I didn't realize I'd miss until I tried to use it was the ability to put my own fonts. Because for a while, on the WTFOS and on Walksnail, and more recently HD0 as well, I've been able to put the font packs on, and you can have the same look and feel and you can put in a font that's got like a colored battery indicator. So when it's full, it's green and it's halfway down, it goes orange. And when it's near empty, it goes red. And DJI being DJI, they don't want any truck with anyone else doing their user interface. So they just give you like block capitals. And it's kind of, it doesn't look great. The, the style of the OSD text and everything looks a little bit off. It's not, I don't know. It's like they've done the, as DJI do, they did the minimum they could to check the box, and it's just kind of a bit... It's where the premium feel, I think, could be accentuated by allowing people to put 
OSD fonts on themselves rather than just have really basic looking fonts. So why aren't these ones WTF OS like well, your other ones? Is that a restriction like, on the overview? And I'm something? flying 16 by 9. Ah. I have no truck with 4 by 3, I'm afraid. I'm going to record 16 by 9, so I'm going to record. I'm going to fly it. So that's, uh, that's my outlook. Um, yeah, no hack yet. And if there is one, they don't want to burn it until they're certain that DJI aren't going to bother to fix it because that's pretty much what happened with the original goggles. It got to a stage of firmware maturity where it was clear that there were no more tricks to be pulled out of the bag and then they could go in and crack it without worrying about DJI withholding one important feature that would force people to upgrade to a version that they then wouldn't be able to crack. Um, so I think that's kind of where they are crack-wise. It'll probably happen, but I don't know if I'm going to buy many of these. They're very expensive units, and they're very, very, very big and very, very heavy. I put it in a three and a half inch, and without decasing that thing, I don't think it's ever going to be sub two fifty. It's um, it's just a chunker. And even if you take the casing off, you go mm. down from something like twenty six grams to like just under twenty. Even with all the metal casing off, it's still like a 20 gram VTX, basically. And you can strip it right down, but then mm. you lose things like the SD card slot. And if you lose the SD card slot, then when you, you, when you try and copy stuff off the internal memory, you need a fan on it because there's nowhere for the heat to go. So it just becomes this problem to actually use it to record anything at that point. Meh. I'll see. It was an interesting experiment. Yeah, tailspin. I wasn't too sure what I was flying in. For, I, you know, uh, what mode, four by three or whatnot. Uh, all my normal um, analog stuff. Yeah, it's all four by three. Are your uh, goggles four three? Um. Yeah. Yeah. H. I think so. Yeah, they're HD V three cores. I think, I think so. The fat sharks are all four three. Yeah, no, I did have I've, the I've got the very old uh, Dominator V3s, V3s. which are sixteen nines. Yeah, I, I, I put up with those for a bit, but then after a while, I really did hate them because it just there's just not enough uh, real estate up and down. Yeah, it was a little bit dicey. I found them really quite difficult to fly. Yeah, I was trying to kind of get the nose down a bit, and uh, that was a bit dicey. It's the one time I haven't had a problem with the previous DJI system, but this one, I don't know if it's more zoomed in or something. But yeah, I, I didn't feel I could get that much speed on it. I was flying very cautiously today. How what how are the stock of like the the V one stuff and like the Cadex Air units? Because obviously Cadex aren't making them anymore. Like is Runcam fully taken over? I think there's a a Cadex version of that big square silver DJI camera that they're doing. As far as I know, there's still air units coming out from Runcam. They're still out in the stores, and there's going to be a big secondhand market, I'm sure, as because they're they're pretty hard to actually kill. So there'll be a lot of people that upgrade to another system and they find their way onto the market. Mm. I know. I did see uh, old uh, Numbskull in the chat. He, I believe, sent some in to repair. This, this is always the only worry with DJI, isn't it? It's like 
they're very much out to suit themselves yeah. in what they do rather than you know giving giving us a real sort of roadmap about what's going on and what they're going to bring in and how they're going to help you it's like it's just we do what we like thanks yeah. we'll buy it and we'll cut you off if you do something we don't like that's the benefit of yeah. being uh, basically a monopoly and that's you know why we see legislation coming from America trying to ban DGI so they can give their homegrown alternatives a, a shot at actually selling something, which they can't really do if DGI is in the marketplace. If you're going to buy a consumer drone, it's not really a decision, is it? Um, you're going to buy a floating camera platform unless you're going for something extremely high-end and professional. It's going to be DGI. I was just going to say, wasn't there an actual new DJI release this week? Air was it the Air 3 Air 4, or something? I thought, wasn't it? Yeah. Was it the 4? There were a bunch of videos that I know they said it was going to be the system that might make it into the O4. Maybe I'm confusing that. Probably. Yeah. It's OcuSync 4, isn't it? That's what's happened. If I'd have been more on a case, I'd have been checking out if there are any crashes yet so we could bring new DJI drone releases. Let's look at the crashes. Because some idiot manages to fly into the post or water or something despite all the technology to uh, make you not do that. They somehow manage it. I guess the likes of MadsTech would know everything about that, but I haven't seen a ton of coverage. And from where I'm standing, it looks like we've got to that point in the maturity of the DJI equipment where it's not innovative, it's just iterative, you know. It's a, it's a, a small spec bump, but not game-changing anymore. I think they, they put this to the test. Old Kai from um, Digital Rev TV... He used to be a part of. My branch is a bit better than. But yeah, I mean they are looking. I mean the 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 Mavic Pro is looking very beefy now. And then the air is starting to get pretty slim, which is quite interesting. They're still mm. very very similar setup, though, aren't they? I mean, there's no. There's yeah. no major changes in the layout of components. They're just slowly shrinking components from version to version. It looks like they've got the same motors on still as well. Yeah, it's good. This is this is the only thing I've really seen on it. I mean, uh, this is this is the time when you kind of like miss miss Cole, like you know, because he kind of really sort of like stayed up with that sort of stuff. I didn't. How's um? Curry, I, I watched your video of times are changing and you're am I right in thinking you're moving away from like the quad sort of stuff? No, not necessarily. I, I was trying to move away from just doing reviews, in fact trying to turn down reviews because they take up time. Whereas I wanted to do more interesting projects and in fact like fly things again. For example, like the walk snail stuff that I put in that seven inch quad, I haven't had time to install it, um, reinstall it and re refly it and stuff. Um, so it, it was it was a case of try not to do so many reviews, leave time to do more interesting projects and actually go out and sort of, you know, fly the stuff and for some fun times, really. Which hasn't worked so well because as soon as I got back from holiday I had a pile of stuff on the floor that came through the the door. So there's hence there's like a weird uh, drift car video yesterday. Tomorrow there'll be a charge video, and then a couple things to come next week. Um, but if I can clear it all next week, then I can get on with the the larger projects and actually going ahead and installing things in planes I wanted and doing some um, 
some fun stuff which isn't related to trying a, you know, say here's my affiliate link and that sort of thing. A review is kind of like a treadmill. It sounds like once you get going, you just get more and more of them and then you, you can't stop. Yeah, to a point, because as I, as I said in that video, one, one of the problems about if, if you want people to watch your videos on YouTube, it's the YouTube algorithm, which nobody really knows how it works, but it seems to rely on you producing regular content. And if you're not producing regular content, they're like, ah, this guy's done it. So you're always sort of like, oh, yeah, I can, I can get this in and I can do a review on that and I churn this out. And yeah, you, you do end up on a, uh, a somewhat of a treadmill and getting more and more stuff in. So I've done reasonably well at turning down some stuff. And then, you know, some stuff I also got off and I was like, well, that's, uh, that's kind of interesting. We'll have to have a look at that. Oh, Richard Warwick's trying to out me, mm -hmm. saying Curry Kitten has a secret Radio Master product, apparently. Yeah, it, it might, might have. Might, there might be another radio from Radio Master, but that's kind of like saying, you know, radio Master. Ford are also working are on a new they're car. they're making radios now? <laughs> Who would believe it? Apparently. Who could believe it? Uh, I think um, the, the 31st is the date for when you will see your YouTube feeds suddenly uh, blow up Ooh. with lots of things from Radio Master, potentially. I can't remember. Mine won't be ready by then because I haven't flown anything. Oh, looking forward to seeing what that's about. It does seem that they're kind of honing in on a formula. They've gone big, they've gone small, yes, and they're and... kind of, it's like they're, they're searching for the right size. A Radio Master Radio review is a little bit like there's a new DJI quad. There's no big mm. innovations. It's kind of like we've, we've had a different form factor idea. In it, you can still have ELRS, and you don't need to talk about that anymore, and it still has HTX on there, and it still has nice gimbals and things like that. So it's all the same, apart from it might look slightly different. Bright colors. They put a bunch of the website uh, with neon colors. I was almost tempted to go and spend ludicrous money on them, but I reined that in. I didn't notice that they had a yellow one. Oh, yeah, of course they had a yellow one. They know my weakness. I, I, might, to... I might have something to do with orange. Mm. You never mm. know. Interesting. Yeah, I think they were on Instagram a while ago, so that'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah, Jack, but yeah, it's still, no, I'm not really moving away from quads. I mean, I want to do some other building projects that might not involve quads, but I also want to do things like can I take this old DJI 450 and accurately? Oh, yeah. What happens if I upgrade things from an old wooden tricopter? What happens if I fly upside down then? Will that work? Just, Fun stuff. Just things to smash stuff Buy up. Buy things really. more than Fun once. Stuff. For, no, for no reason. Because it kind of sucks if you're told to review something and you're like, oh, yeah, now I will fly three packs on this and here it is. And I put it on the shelf. That's just it's not fun, eh? I found it a little bit exhausting to having no, to validate no. hardware because I'm doing a bit of you know, does this board target work and things and, you know, solder things up, desolder them, solder something else up, desolder them, solder things. Up. And it's like, can I just go, can I just go and fly something without, you know, just soldering things up for, for one or two packs of testing? It would just be really nice just to go fly. I'd just kind of like, yeah, I will help but with that, but, you know, I'm just going to keep it to an amount that's not going to stop the rest of it being fun. That giant glider, I really want to know the ending of that. 
Did the repair work? It, it has been it? repaired. We've I've put the the tail back on properly because apparently it wasn't fixed on. Nobody told me. I thought it was fixed. If people don't know, this is a, a humongous glider, and um, I had to do lots of uh, building and parts to do with it. And I had to drill through this carbon fiber tube in order to attach it to the the main body. But the guy that gave me it, I thought the tail was fixed on, but it wasn't. So we were flying it in the maiden halfway through. If, if you imagine the wings are like this and suddenly we see the tails going like this and it's moving on its own. And then he offered to land it for me because he is a much better line of sight pilot than me. I was flying it. I was actually flying it FPV and it was absolutely fine. And he's like, I'll bring it down. I'll bring it down line of sight. And he smashed it into the ground. <laughs> so, but I mean, it was, it was his plane. It was his design and stuff. But uh, yeah, it, it broke a whole lot. And I had to, I did some, I got some like carbon fiber, you know, the sort of woven sheet and stuck that in with the gubbins and it's really strong now. And I, I put it all back together. Um, but I do need to put in uh, a new camera mount for it because I wasn't happy with that. Um, but yeah, it, it can be flown again. I just need uh, a, quite a large place to do it because it's absolutely humongous. Just putting it together in the field takes ages. I'm sure Jack's going to be disgusted. But it will be an ending. With all the space around here, I didn't bring my Atomasi plane up here, the flying fish, which I probably should have. That's I decided a shame. that I'd got too much. I got four bags of quad kit in the car already because I had to do some soldering while I was up here to get things in the air. But I will try it at some point because I keep seeing people give glowing reviews to all the Atomasi stuff, so I feel like really should give them a, a good shake one day. Give it a try. There's definitely lots of room there. I recommend, because if you're, if you're on Abergavenny, then you can get over quite close to Hay on Y, where there's this place called Hay Bluff. Yeah, it's just down the which road. Which is this basically a, a mountain, and there's... I used to go ride my dirt bike up there all the time because there was so much space. There was just mountains and fields which nobody seems to own and sheep roaming around and stuff like that so loads loads of space there this episode was recorded in front of a live online audience downloaded and edited to make sense when it's played audio only censored to please the itunes people hosted on the internet forwarded through to your podcast provider downloaded playing on your device and is now playing in your ears all thanks to our patreons consider joining them and you'll also get other online benefits find out more at patreon.com forward slash let's drone out Oh, Chris G's here. Wow. Go, 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 go. Um, G. When I went out with Chris G and Frank, Frank flew his, and it was fun. And so. what's that in his profile image? Looks suspiciously like an ancient tricopter. T-copter. That's definitely a T rather than a your traditional tri. Because it's easier to nail yeah. together out of old planks that way. Yeah, it's two pieces of wood rather than a three. <laughs> I do I do miss David. Like I was watching I randomly come across a video and I don't the thing is I I wanted to kind of like bring it to you guys, but there was like everything wrong with the RC hobby and there was this guy who kind of like I let me let me let me let me try and find it. But um, I watched it, and funny enough, David get, did get a mention. 
But it's like, like every, every two months someone releases a video of FPV is dead, everything wrong with the RC hobby. It's just just because YouTube's an outlet for grumpy people, fundamentally. This is true. Yeah. Is it 15? Is it 15? Yeah. Yeah, 15 things uh, killing the hobby. Are you on the list, It Jack? might be. Are it you might on the list? Probably, yeah. Like, Old let's guys out, like, on podcast talking people. about tricopters are killing the hobby. I know. Oh, that's no, it's bad. not that video. It's interesting to notice that America is now officially, you know, remote ID'd and apparently nothing has changed. Surprise, surprise. It's not until September, well, is it? I thought it was... Uh, really? Everyone's making such a stink about it. Well, that's because they don't want to do it. I, I, you know, I get that point of view. I thought it already, some date had already passed. Richard Warwick brings up the horrible... Uh, isn't it a C3 drone? That's not applicable in the UK. I don't know. Is that the classification thing? Which yeah, I'm dreading. the classification system once... that has remained completely ignored by all drone manufacturers. Uh, we've created a classification system and everyone was like, well done, that's nice for you. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I, I, I worry because like, aren't we constantly getting a, an extension for like self-built stuff? And then as soon as that classification runs we'll out... We'll have to register as individual like factories. And it's going to be Stephen's drone shop it's, output five drones a year. Yeah. This, this is the big gliding footage. Now, nothing went particularly wrong in the Maiden. Well, that wasn't a great takeoff, I admit that. But it's like it, it, the, the motor was rated for 3S, so I put a 3S battery on it. Oh, that's where you went wrong, mate. You should have put a 6S on it. You know they're always cowards. So I was flying FPV quite happily. This is a really early version of... Um, Easy RSD. Oh, is it? Yeah, no, it was INAV. Oh. And uh, yeah, it's, it's actually doing all right. But that, that um, V-tail, you can kind of see it's already going slightly out like that. L-tail now. Yes. It was, it was trying to give a thumbs up sort of sign. So what happened is... Was it given to you and you thought it was done and attached? Is that, is yeah, that the biggest... Oh, that was that was the big hmm. crash. That looks like the correct man. This this was not me. So yeah, the the guy that crashed it was the designer of the plane, Crunch, and he said, "Oh, do you want to try this one out? I've got a spare one. That's that's in there. That's Rob. Uh, he's got a spare one." I was like, "Oh, sure." And I, I built it up and stuff. And he was there for the maiden, um, but it was only when we would say, "It looks like the tail's gone." He said, did you screw the tail in? I'm like, no. <laughs> was the tail not supposed to? Was that not fixed in then? But, but yeah, it wasn't. The damage wasn't too bad. The, the problem was it, this is all sort of molded uh, plasticky bits and that, that broke there. So that, yeah, it's fiberglass. So that's where I, I, I basically layered that with that carbon fiber. And that's really, really strong now. Uh, so that should be okay. But didn't, yeah, it's, didn't it's, even destroy the battery. Like we need, we need a conclusion to this, Curry. How much have I got to give on Patreon to to get this across the line? Uh, can you, if you can organise me some time, that'd be useful. Yeah, it's okay. just it's just a case of getting out there and, and getting some time. What's what's uh, what's Hidden Valley like for flying a big thing like that? Is that any good? Should be uh, 
Yeah, yeah within reason. It's going to be slow, isn't I think it? You won't get a flight away because it will crash, crash in, in the side of the, the hill. Oh, he won't be flying it through a barn full of <laughs> smeared cheap wool. So probably be okay. No, that's yeah. my job. Yeah, I won't. I won't be going for that. I would be going more for sort of just high soaring, happy flying around. But yeah, it's it, just it can it, get a bit windy in the valley. That's okay. This thing is like taller than than both of us put together. I think. Now uh, there's yeah. an offer. We will stand on who? Chris G said, I'll, "I'll fly it." I, what every a perfect time I collaboration. Every time I give it to someone else to fly, they crash it. So I think I'll just carry on flying it this time. I, as far as I'm concerned, I did a perfect maiden, and then I handed the radio to the expert to land it, and he put it in the deck. So He said he'll even fly it inverted. So one thing I was thinking about, because he, this, this plane kind of has spent so much time near my bench and not much time in the air, and everyone seems to have INAV or Ardu on planes. Should I just go all out and just freaking INAV it and not have PWM stuff? No. You sure? Because you complicate matters. Yeah, but yeah. I'm used to complexity, yeah. guys. Like, I spend all my time working with thousands of containers and Kubernetes and stuff as my day job. Like, that's fine. I can do that. It's, it's a really simple thing. If you, if you watch that other video where I talked about the... Um, the Radio Master ERS PWM receivers, I flew a very basic tiny wing then, and it was just literally three channels plugged in, and I had a, a good old laugh with that. Absolutely nothing, no OSD whatsoever, just a picture. I just had a voice on the radio saying when the battery got low, and that was it. I, I did follow that advice originally. I had a Texumo. And it didn't have iNav, and I flew it with just the servos and stuff. And that was the most I ever flew. And uh, as soon as you do add the, like, you know, adding, like, the GPS and the flight controller and everything, with the flight controller, I spend my life flying in manual. And then now and again, I'll hit return to home. And in I know I wasn't we even trust, considering uh, it, GPS. I just wanted the flight controller to have like decent OSD. That was mainly what it'd do. Just you know, give me a decent OSD. What would you use the OSD for? I just put up a crosshair, battery readout. I'm not sure if I G I do also have a lot of GPS modules, so I might GPS it. So I've got you could do it but if, you, if you're looking to sort of just start and keeping it simple and you've got like a little plane it's it's a case of like do you really want to put all that stuff in and clearly you do i, d I don't know why i'm yeah. even arguing with you because it's like hang on could i could i over engineer this in some way yes i can let's do it, <laughs> if it steven's equally, in a monologue right now equally like part of me is like Curry is right. Keeping it simple and getting it and getting into the basic things and like you feel the aircraft is the same thing as the. Well, the I don't want it to be too wobbly. Fly, you know, older, visceral. That oh, that's I know part... won't stop it being wobbly. That's the wind. Yeah, that's how it works. I'm not sure our planes are made for me. To be honest, I'm not sure. But 
I'll, I'll go. I'll revisit sometime. It is. It. It's. It's a wabasabi kind of without getting all Japanesey because of curry being um, coming right from Japan. But yeah, it's simple things back in the old days. How it was made. I mean, if I want simple things, I'd read a book, not sure. do like radio control, to be fair. Like, that's it's already the level of complexity yeah, is already fairly high when I've had to configure an open source firmware on my radio and a control receiver, and I've had to figure out where all these servos go and which way around the servos should push and yada yada. We're getting into the old let's thrown out, but there is an element of uh, is it masochist? where if you enjoy the RC hobby, there's an element of you enjoy punching yourself because stuff doesn't mm. work properly. You put your sandals on just to go into the brambles. Yeah, yeah, and you you find out the reason why it doesn't work is because you're an idiot. I, I think the reason we talk about keeping it simple is because if you're coming in, and obviously you're a very experienced pilot in terms of quantum stuff and can do all the electronics, but if you're coming in new to a new type of model, then... I, I think it's good to fly in this more rawest sense before you start putting in stuff because it's like that will change yeah, the way your sticks. We should all just disable the gyro on our quads because we've been uh, just treating ourselves, uh, modicoding ourselves, really, haven't we? I've always been a firm proponent of quads should have, we should have a controller with four sticks. We should yeah. have two in our yeah. feet and two in our hands, and they control each motor Absolutely. independently, and we should do it yeah. like that. And if you can't fly like that, why that should sounds you like do a something else? Are you yeah. going <laughs> to build that rig? Uh, Frank, I'm going to build that. Someone, I think it was Frank, wanted me to make the mechanical gyro as well. And I was like, I'm not doing that. Aren't gyros like mechanical anyway? Just on a miniature scale. I'm Isn't not it fundamentally an electromechanical. Well, I don't know how it works. It's a magic box. It's fundamentally electromechanical because yeah, you can kill them with too much shock. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Frank would know this. I don't Where's wanna... Frank when you need him? Frank! How do gyros work, Daddy? <laughs> yes, they are. Do you want me to send you an invite link and you come on for the last 20 minutes, Chris G? As you are clearly a legend. Um, I, I'm, I am so tempted, Curry, like with the whole... Chris G, I'd love to two two of my favourite people, um, you know, Chris G and uh Curry Kitten together on a project. Oh, amazing. What would it be? A large wooden tricopter plane. Well, hopefully getting that yeah, hopefully getting that plane across the finish line. I just imagine like the they've finally done it. Well, They're standing he, next he, to a craft which is jack strapped be... into it. This this He's is what one of my friends came up as an idea for a fun project. He suggested, and at this point, that the problem being you can only get one set of head tracking things. He suggested that two people fly a plane using FPV goggles, both using head trackers. One guy has like your and throttle, and the other guy has um, pitch and roll or, or something and they both have to stand there and go like this in order to make the plane fly in mm. some sort of cooperative mode but as far as i know you can only put one head tracker into uh 
Well, that's only because you could splice any. the head tracking signal. That's the radio. only because they're connecting via DSC. If you connect via another method that's not DSC, you could have one head tracker on DSC. I suppose we could use some sort of Bluetooth. And you could have one on Bluetooth, exactly. Yeah, there you are. Stephen. Oh, we could in fact use two different radio receivers, couldn't we? And do it that way. Yeah. yeah. Stephen, can you help me submit a uh, bug report at some point? Because I updated, you know, the five-channel ELRS receivers that are PWM. I've sent you a link on uh, Facebook. Yes, I'll uh, help. All right. And um, you've asked in help and support, and no one's. No, 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 I haven't. Because all the other get is ah, submit a pull request or whatever. I don't know, a bug report or whatever. Um. Yeah, so I updated them to the latest thing, and I get telemetry loss, telemetry, uh, telemetry recovered. Oh, we had that all over mine as well today. On uh, yeah, and then I rolled it back to the one before that, and then uh, that works. Did you try deleting all the telemetry and refinding it? Which version did you update to? Three three zero or three two one? I don't know. I'll find out. And what version's your radio Do you one? Want me to... the, the latest, I think. Okay. It was a couple of weeks ago now. Yeah, I, I noticed so. that because I had a model and I thought it was one of these EP2s with a ceramic antenna. And I thought, oh, it's just I've just installed it in a stupid place on top of the VTX that's getting drowned out. Um, but yeah, I had the same thing and it was, it was kind of winding me up a bit today. Um, yeah, I yeah. might look into that. Okay. Yeah, I just rolled back to the one before it, and that works. So, mm. um, Cole, Cole had an interesting one with his Tango. He uh, started getting the new Crossfire receivers, and they wouldn't work with a certain version. He had to then update because he finally built one of the, you know, the I, I sent him one of those kits for the um, ELRS slash Crossfire dongle thing. It's, it's bad. It's good. Like, LDO is making Curry Kitten's brain work in stupid, ingenious ideas, but it's trying to get out and fly with people with the wonderful weather Aha. that we're having and everyone being so busy. Right. It's not that wonderful at the moment, is it? Yeah, because I was having that today and it was really winding me up. It kept going, oh, lost, recovered, lost, recovered. And I was thinking, should I just turn off the telemetry warning? It's not like I care anyway. Um, 321 and 321 on both, yeah. It doesn't like it, but I th- I flew with something on not three two one and it was perfectly happy. That's curious, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah, I've never I've never GitHub slightly terrifies me with the sort of like working professionals of like I found a bug and it's like no you didn't you're just not using yeah. it properly. You're <laughs> You'd be like I've got a problem and there's like a flowchart. I found a problem. And then the next stage is, go F yourself. And then the bottom is like, resolved. Ah, wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so much so, I built two of them. And just to make sure that I definitely, definitely had the problem. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll I'll give it a good shake and see what happens. Yeah. But equally, I'm you know I'm used to devs just telling me to go fuck myself, which is pretty much what Hydra used to do to me. Yeah. Oh, 
It's like, you got to send it manual board rate. I'm like, I'm sorry. Stop hitting me. Be nice. I, I deserved it. Um, yeah, I'm sure it's workable. We'll, we'll figure something out. Um, yeah, like I said, I've had the same problem, and yeah. I just thought it was my stupid building of jamming the antenna in the wrong place. But uh, if you've had it too, then that's probably worth looking into. I both on three, two, one. I'll, 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 I'll stick, I'll stick my neck out a bit, but I am so impressed with the ELRS and its general like ease of you know stuff kind of like just working that that uh, annoying thing of your radio is too close to your receiver free sky bullshit i've never really sort of like experienced and the price of receivers has gone down like what else in the hobby has actually gotten cheaper in the last five years not a lot not much that talking of github has just made me go and check my issue i raised yonks ago about bluetooth not working on Android for a joystick, which says it's resolved now, which I'm going to have to check out. Uh-huh. And I, yeah, I still need to like bug you about coming down and having a go at the backpack because I couldn't get it to work. I mean, it, it talks to everything, everything's flashed. It's wired up correctly, but I just don't know how. You, uh, you had the wrong module, didn't you? Did, well, no, I mean, I've got a boxer now. I've got an internal module. Oh, right, yeah, that should work. That should have the chipset with it. I think. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to look Sorry. any of this stuff up. Yeah. It's not I like this it manuals. Oh, manuals? It's self-documenting. Have you heard the developers? I know. Ah, fun time. Well, you can come down with the Zorro and like enter my bind phrase, or I'll just set my goggles to your bind Isn't phrase. Isn't there a model loan thing the, that no one ever uses that's supposed to be super simple? Yeah, it's so super simple. No one has ever done a video on it or showed you how it worked. Maybe <laughs> that's what we should do. Maybe we should meet up, like you said, Stephen. Meet up and be like, right, let's let's spend an hour trying to get this to work. If we do meet up, I must make one stipulation, Jack, and that's that you bring at least two working models with you. You can bring as many yes. unknown quantities with you as you want, but if we meet up, at least two models that actually work. Because Jack's kind of go-to plan is arrive at field, give something a cursory check over, realize it's completely screwed, get his laptop out, then realize all the software on his laptop is out of date and he has to update it on a phone hotspot, then realize he's got problems with his phone hotspot connectivity, walk around waving the laptop and phone hotspot around, and, and it just goes downhill from there. So, Well, this is, this is Jack and, and podcasting, isn't it? It's like get podcasts set up, make sure it all works, make podcasts, Take it all out, unplug it, rejig it, plug it all in the wrong way for next week so you can spend time sorting it back out again. I like unplugging random cables, giving them a good old lick, and then shoving them in wherever. Marmite and honey on things because that helps, you know, get some ants involved. Yes. How are you doing, Chris? And also, hello, Chris G appeared. Chris G in the house. Hi, guys. Please, please explain to Stephen why he should fly PWM and like it. Oh, put me on the spot. Um, yeah. 
it, it just it makes you think harder about what you're doing. Uh, are you talking about fixed wing here? Yes, of course. You are the fixed wing expert. I mean, obviously you should do it on fixed wing. I mean, is is there any other possible way well, of flying a fixed wing? you can't get a servo wing? that has its digital interface, so you're, you're stuck really, aren't you? Hmm, yeah. Well, what we're suggesting to Stephen is he should fly regular, just connect the servos to the receiver and do it that way, but he seems to be very keen now on putting things in the middle of it, like a flight controller and GPS and cameras. Considering it. Well, obviously a camera. Obviously camera. Things like that. Uh, it won't win you any races. I wasn't planning on racing. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Depends what you want to do with it. I've got a nano goblin with iNav on, and it's great. Um, but everything else, fixed wing wise, is no flight controller, and I really can't be bothered to put one in. Or a work works. Or a working, um, or a working camera. No. I've got a semi-working camera. This is good enough. Yeah, I mean, good you enough. know, you need to, you need to give Frank something to do. <laughs> Speaking of Frank, uh, did anyone see his write-up in BMFA? Oh yes, published. We have a link. Curry, you've got you've you've got. Well, I, I don't. It comes out in the 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 booklet, the booklet, which you've got to be. Has anyone joined? Yeah, the magazine, the BMFA magazine. Why would I get a magazine? So if you're not a BMFA member I'm already, a BMFA member. that was the best reason to join up. But I said no to the magazine. You get yeah, to why would I, is there not a digital version of it? Oh, <laughs> no. oh well. Digital? <laughs> digital what? What is this digital you speak of? Can we talk about digital sandals next? Yeah. What's wrong with you? Yeah. yeah. I've got a digital membership card. It just appears on like Google Wallet and flashes up a oh. little QR code. Instead of a waiting for the paper one, yeah, um, yeah, okay. So uh, the BMFA, if you're a member and you haven't ticked the box, you get sent a magazine every so often. And Frank wrote a rough draft. Frank says, "Please don't read it." I spent about twenty minutes drafting it up, sent in, sent it to them to ask for feedback, and whether they had a word count, style guide, or anything. And the first I knew the rough draft was being published was turning the page this evening. And apparently Frank just wanted a hole to open up and swallow him. Kind of like the experience of being friends with me. Oh, Lord of Lord. I've been cringing too hard to read it back yet. So, yeah. That's good, though. He's got nothing to worry about. You enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was great. I, I, mean, I didn't Frank, expect to get the BMFA magazine through and read something in it I actually wanted to read. Like, it was it was good. It was a win. What you hear that? Frank, Frank can come out from there. Hole. You are vindicated. And and I like his GDPR friendly picture of me in there as well. Or you're just a giant pixel. Oh, what? Because they can't tell it's you. Yeah. Could <laughs> thoroughly could be anyone. Analyzed. Flying an acro what upside down. I know. Um, Chris, are you are, are you proposing to Curry to let you fly the, the glider of doom? Um yeah, tell me more about this glider. I only um only managed to get on halfway through. I just saw the tail end of it. It looked interesting. Well, I flew it fine. 
And then I yeah. handed the radio to an expert to land and he crashed it. And thus I repaired it, but I haven't flown it again yet. And that's been sitting in my loft for about two years now. But it's yeah. ready to fly as soon as I put a camera on. But I'm not sure I'm going to pass the radio to anybody else these days because they might crash it again. And I have to spend ages repairing it. It's a, bit, it's a bit of a pain. It takes about half an hour to put together with the stupid bloody wings go on and you have to screw those in. And Ten years later, so, you get to fly it for a while. So you say he was an expert. What was he an expert in? He designed the plane and, okay. um, uh, and he had one to test for me, but um, he managed to stall it coming around uh, the corner. But, he, I mean, he's, he's a decent line-of-sight pilot. I can, mm. I can usually land a plane line of sight when I have to, but I prefer not mm. to. So I gave it to him, and he just went, shh, spiral down, mm. splat. What's the make of the plane? Have I heard of it before? No, it's called a Skyhook. It okay. was, um, I don't know how many were made. I think really big planes have gone kind of out of fashion, haven't they? Because you can get really quite compact planes that can fly for like an hour, and you just put, you know, I never on them and you can send them away for a long distance and fly them for a long time and quite happy without all this hassle that you used to do in like long range FPV was like, let's, let's get a really big plane so we can put lots of lipos in it and launch mm. it. Now it's kind of like, let's get a small plane and put some um, lions in it. And it, it goes for, I mean, how long does your micro goblin go for? Uh, an hour. Yeah, an hour. Yeah. And what's yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, because you fly at FPV and, and you, you're looking at your INAV um, return to home. You, oh, it's loitering around me now. It's only 30 metres up. I'll just take my goggles off and have a look at it. And then you're like, where is it? I can hear it. I can't see anything. And there's this tiny, tiny little dot just going around. It's only about 30 metres. So um, that is of one of for the big planes. Competent spotter knows exactly where it is, though. Of course. Yes, definitely. I was, I was flying that in a field one time, um, first time I'd flown there. Some guy came over on a bike claiming that he was a farmer and that he owned the land and that he, he was um, spending last week here shooting other people's drones out of the sky, uh, which is interesting. And um, I'll just call the police. And he's and like, oh, that. no, you can't fly that here. You can't fly that here. And, and then, and then um, when he sees the, the plane in the air, he goes, oh, that's a plane. Oh, that's, that's fine then. That, that's, that's different. Oh, crack on, mate. No problem. So that, that was a, an odd experience. But all, all turned out all right. Planes, planes aren't seen as evil as quads yeah. still, even to the general public, even if you've got like, cameras on them and stuff. We don't know why. Well, planes are nice. You go on holiday in them and you have a friendly pilot and, you know, you clap when they land. Yeah. You know, Depends what airline different. you're flying on. But yeah, some, true. some of them you might clap when you land. Yeah. I think you definitely um, have enough space to fly that at Hidden Valley if it wasn't too bad weather. Yeah, it's a big bugger. That's it. That's my two problem planes. My other, My other one is my... FX-79 wing, the disaster plane that uh, launched, blew up, launched, blew up, launched, flew, and then the autopilot blew up. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. 
Stephen, you need to. You, you just need. I know PWM scares you, and it's a bit weird, but you just, just please come along for the journey. Appreciate it. Servos are your friends. <laughs> I just had a Jack make that T-shirt. I've had so much just weirdness with servos, mainly on cars where they just sort of lock up and jam, and well, just kind of don't trust them too much. Yeah, well, cars cars take a hell of a, an abuse. Like you can't, like you know, use a RC car and expect it to last very long. They strip it out, they snap, they crash into stuff. Yeah, well, they've all got kind of sacrificial you know. uh, joints between the servo and the the steering, so it shouldn't. You know, if if you tension the the steering, it should just you know slip and not push the servo around and strip it. But yeah, I don't know. I'll I'll give it a go. It's just it's one of those things, space and patience. Like I can just test a quad and take it off and buzz around and planes seem to be this whole rigmarole, but I'll get there in the end. CG man. It's yeah. all about the I, CG. I, That's you say I that, I think you forget your your little test hover with your new quad went That was exciting. And yeah. off it went. Garden rake and pulling it out of the bush. Yeah. All right, should we call it there? Uh we might do a bonus part. Uh Watch me trying to diagnose the problem. Let Chris G teach us the ways of the socks and sandals. Uh, you've been listening to Let's Drone Out. Uh, the, this podcast is supported by our lovely, wonderful Patreons. They're scrolling uh, across the bottom of the screen. Don't forget, there's also a Patreon tier where we say your name. And thank you at the beginning of every show on uh, on the recorded thing. So if you're a uh, just a podcast audio listener the reason why it's been cleaned up and is somewhat bearable to listen to and the bits of dead air have been cut out by the wonderful editor uh, these people right here thank you the wonderful, the people wonderful people we mentioned at the start of the show uh, tonight you've been joined by uh, everyone's favourite moustache Stephen good night everyone's favourite co kitten goodbye our LDO fixed wing expert Chris G. See you next time. G Dog. And I am Brian Till I Fly. Thank you and good night. Telemetry lost.